back here for another edition of Two Out of Three Falls here on the Cruise Control Podcast. I am your host, Randy Cruz. You can follow me on Twitter at I am Randy Cruz, and I'm joined by every week Mr. Graham Matthews of Bleacher Report. You can find him on Twitter at WrestleRant. He is the host of WrestleRant Radio. Graham, what's up, my man? How you doing? Doing phenomenal, Randy. How can you not be when you're only days out from Survivor Series Takeover Toronto on Saturday? We got a stacked week and head, so I'm looking forward to breaking it down here today on the show. Definitely, man. Um, the 30th anniversary of Survivor Series, so it just, you know, if people are my age, <laughs> shit went kind of quick, <laughs> you know. So, uh, 30 years Survivor Series this Sunday. You also mentioned NXT Toronto on Saturday. Uh, which should be pretty good. Um, but I do want to get right to it. Um, this Sunday Survivor Series, the card looks pretty stacked. Um, and it does ha- it does on paper have the potential to be a really great, exciting pay-per-view. We just got to see how it, how it plays out. Hopefully, it'll be better than last year because last year we saw Reigns and Sheamus for the, for the world title and... We all know how that shit went down. <laughs> yeah. Awful. Terrible. Um, all right. Let's go right into it. Um, the Brian Kendrick against Callisto for the Cruiserweight Championship. If Callisto wins, SmackDown Live gets the entire Cruiserweight division. Who do you have, Mr. Brian Kendrick or Callisto? I wouldn't be surprised to see Kendrick go over, but I really want to see, and he's also my official prediction, I really want to see Callisto win just because, I mean, I, there, were so, there was so much excitement surrounding the Cruiserweights on Raw when they first arrived a couple months back, when they first announced it right after the dawn of the return of the brand split, and it's really just been a dud. I mean, it has nothing to do with the guys. I mean, they have a Brian Kendrick and Sin Cara match this week on Raw that was 10 minutes of nothing. I mean, that's Sin Cara for you, but every other Cruiserweight match we've had on the main roster, by and large, I couldn't name you one great match that we've seen from these guys. And then again, if you watch back the Cruiserweight Classic, I couldn't give you one match that wasn't good during the Cruiserweight Classic. So I think moving to SmackDown might be the best thing for them where they might actually get used the right way. So i got to go with Kalisto though, as the new Cruiserweight champion on Sunday. But then my question is, you know, not, not, not jumping to the Intercontinental Championship match, but if, if the Cruiserweights come to SmackDown, um, you would just have to think that the Intercontinental Championship will go to Raw because I'm I'm trying to figure out yes the cruiserweights I think will be better on SmackDown because uh, like you said on Raw it just hasn't been the same way when it was on the network plus you have Mauro on SmackDown and and you heard him and Daniel Bryan call those cruiserweight matches on the network the entire time um it'll just be like going home for them but if you have the cruiserweight division and the cruiserweight title on SmackDown um, you would just almost have to think that the Intercontinental Championship will be switching to Raw, right? I don't think so. I mean, I could see that in the case that I hope not. switching the two mid-card titles, I could see them switching you know, the IC title to Raw and then the U.S. title to SmackDown, but the U.S. title staying on Raw. And I don't want two mid-card championships on one show. I mean, we barely have a mid-card on Raw as it is. That's why we have the U.S. championship on Roman Reigns, and it doesn't even look like he's going to be defending that title at the next show. He's going to be defending our... He's going to be going up against Kevin Owens at Roadblock. We're looking ahead here, but they really don't even have much of a mid-card on Raw. Cesaro and Sheamus are busy. Sami Zayn is going after the IC title. Hopefully he moves over to SmackDown. 
Uh, but I really don't think you need to do anything in return. I mean, Raw with the Cruiserweights has always been really a surplus. It's really just been a plus. There's no you know counterpart on SmackDown. It's just kind of there. Um, so I really think with the three hours, they don't. If the Cruiserweights weren't going to make those three hours better, I don't know if anything will at this point. Moving back to two hours is really the only solution, which I don't see happening anytime soon, if ever. But anyway, uh, no, I don't think the IC title needs to move. I don't think it will move. They just changed the title mm-hmm. back on the Miz on Tuesday. I think it'd be foolish if they did it again on Sunday. That's not to say I don't want to see Sammy on SmackDown. I think they can find a way to trade him to the blue brand, but I, I, I don't think it means that the IC title is going to Smack or going to Raw rather. Yeah, cause I, I, I really feel like if. I one, I think Kendrick is gonna win on, on Sunday and, and keep the cruiserweight belt and the whole division on Raw. And I think, I think the Miz will retain and keep Intercontinental Championship uh, on SmackDown. Like in the event, if Sami Zayn was to win, I don't mind him with the title, but just the fact that he has to bring the IC title to Raw is the part that bothers me. Like, Sami Zayn could benefit being on SmackDown if, if, if you want to keep it 100. Him, Cesaro, a lot of people can benefit from being on on SmackDown. But I think Kendrick wins. I think the whole division stays. Because if he does lose, I, I think it'll it'll show, like, it's, a, it's maybe, you know, not so much a panic move, but it'll kind of show, like, it's a move that to everybody, they would notice that, the company knew or knows that putting the cruiserweights on Raw was kind of like a mistake from the jump, and they kind of just you know getting uh, getting away from it real quick. So or like like losing faith so early, and and, and that's why I think Kendrick um, is going to win, and the cruiserweights will stay on Raw. I could see that. I mean, there's been so many different times in this company's history where you are absolutely right. They do not like to admit defeat. They do not like to admit that they were that they were wrong or that something was a failure. They will just keep on pushing it and pushing it and pushing it until it goes to their way. But I feel like, and it's only been two months that we've had the Cruiserweights on Raw, but really it's done nothing to help Raw. It's been especially nothing to help those guys specifically, TJ Perkins, Kendrick, everyone else in the division has really kind of suffered from them being on Raw, having five-minute matches that do nothing for anybody. Um, not only do I think that they'd be better utilized on SmackDown, that's really everyone's been saying that. I mean, that doesn't really necessarily mean that I think that's why Kalisto is my pick to win why I think he will win. The big tip-off for me, why I think they're going to SmackDown, literally days after they announced that new 205 Live show, that it was going to be airing live after SmackDown, not taped after SmackDown, airing live after SmackDown, right. is almost like SmackDown's third hour. That, to me, was the big tip-off that, okay, if you get all the Cruiserweight guys on SmackDown, they could just be on SmackDown and then film the show right afterwards. So maybe they're just trying to you know, prevent those guys from traveling twice. So that's why I think Kalisto wins and they bring the division to SmackDown. Not just because they'd be better off on the blue brand, but because they're filming that show right afterwards anyway. Right, but the Cruiserweights were brought on to Raw to, to kind of help fill in that third hour or to, to fill up three hours. And, you know, in the event they go to SmackDown, how does Raw fill up the time? Like, I'm not saying, you, you know... It's not like they have five cruiserweight matches on Raw every week, but just knowing that you have a, a, a plethora of wrestlers ready to go, if they go to SmackDown, how else are you filling up that time? What, with more 30-minute promos? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, the thing is, is that if you look at before the cruiserweights came to Raw, I'm not talking about pre-brand split, I'm talking about there was a time from late July when they announced it up until mid-September, like when the Cruiserweight Classic was going on, but before the division debuted on Raw, they were like hyping it up for many months. Mm -hmm. 
Raw really during that time period is no different than it is right now. I don't know how they were filling the time, but maybe they had an extra Neville match in the show. I, I don't really remember, but I do know for a fact that, the, that Raw, the program, is no better than it is now than it was two months ago. Um, so whether it means throwing Titus O'Neil in there or something, I really don't think it makes that much of a difference. Because it's not like, oh, the Cruiserweights are having, they're killing the time with 10-minute matches, and they're really ripping it up, and they're really having great matches. They're just kind of there. So it really doesn't matter to me if they have Kendrick, Perkins, or whoever <clears throat> in that you know five-minute slot on Raw as opposed to a Titus O'Neil or a Bo Dallas or someone like that. They could always call up people, too, from NXT. They call up Joe um, after NXT TakeOver on Saturday. I could see that being a possibility, although I want him on SmackDown. But anyway... Um, I, I think I know they were intended to you know fill in those three hours on Raw, but they did it before. I think they can do it again. Uh, I think those are fine ways. Hopefully, without resorting to as you said the thirty-minute promos to kick off the show, like we saw this week on the show. I mean, speaking of Neville, like where where the fuck is Neville? <laughs> I mean, like you you have the cruiserweight division on Raw, and you don't have Neville. No, no, Neville's nowhere to be found. I, I don't know if he's hurt or whatever the case may be, but you would think uh, right from the jump that they would include um, Neville or maybe Sami Zayn or even Callisto and Sin Cara, all those people um, into the into the cruiserweight division. But a guy like Neville, you would think, would be automatically in there, and he's nowhere to be found. It's not like, oh, man, he's, he, I mean, he is above the division. He's a great wrestler. I mean, mm-hmm. so many of those guys are. But I felt like he could have been a solid mid-card guy. Right. Could have done like a feud with Jericho or something. Who he who got injured? Who he got injured in a match with many months ago before he took that leave of absence back in March, I think. So they had a ready-made program there, which they didn't go to. And I mean, he, although he is above the division, it's not like he's doing anything right. He's doing nothing. Like you said, he's not even on the fucking show. He's on superstars every week. So I mean, they have nothing for the guy. So why not just throw him in the division? It really, it, I could not come up with a good enough answer for you. I have no idea why he's not in that division. I mean, I could see him being a mid-card guy, but he's not. They're not putting him in that division. They're not putting him in the U.S. title chase. He's not doing anything better right now. It just blows my mind with how good this guy is. He has been literally wasted on the main roster ever since he got called up for the most part. I mean, he was doing some stuff last year, but even with the brand split, even with more opportunities, I feel like he's been worse off because he's not even on the fucking show most weeks. Well, maybe, you know, if Sami Zayn wins the Intercontinental Championship and that comes to Raw, maybe him and Neville could have a couple of good matches because, um, I don't know, man. He, he He's a great talent, uh, big fan of his, even back at, uh, at, at uh, um, NXT. And for him to, to just not be doing anything, the last time I saw him doing something was with Bo Dallas or Curtis Axel. I could be wrong, but it was like, that was like at least a month ago, but... Um, you have Callisto. I have Kendrick. Uh, we'll see who wins on Sunday. Speaking of the IC title, Sami Zayn, The Miz, The Miz beat Dolph Ziggler on SmackDown this week to retain the Intercontinental Championship. Uh, he will be defending it against Sami Zayn. Does the IC title stay on SmackDown or does, or does it go to Raw with Sami Zayn? I think it stays on SmackDown. Not to say that now that it's obvious, but I feel like Miz winning kind of for, you know, foreshadow the finish to Sunday's match and that the title is staying on SmackDown. Even if Sammy wins, which I've said before, even if Sammy wins, they could still bring him over to SmackDown. I don't know how that would work in storyline. Maybe they trade somebody or something, but I could see a scenario where Sammy wins in Canada, whatever, and um, they trade him over to SmackDown with the championship. I don't see that happening. I do see Miz winning, which I think is the right move. 
uh, it really kind of goes back to what we were talking about maybe two months ago, I think, right before No Mercy, where Ziggler gets his big moment at No Mercy, where he doesn't have to leave the company, he wins the championship. Mm. But then as I told you, I feel like there's a possibility that after Ziggler wins, they give the belt right back to Miz, which was the right move. But then what the fuck do you do with Dolph Ziggler? The guy just put his career out for grabs, and he won. But now that he's lost the championship, does he leave? Like, that's, that to me was the dumbest thing. I feel like they really should not have taken the belt off Miz, but that's just me. But as far as this match goes, I think you could do a scenario where Miz retains, as he should, and you'll get great heat in Canada because Sami Zayn's a Canadian guy. And uh, they do either a triple threat ladder match at TLC with Zayn, Miz, and, and Ziggler, or just Miz and Ziggler. Um, but either way, I do see Miz walking out of Survivor Series still the Intercontinental Champion. Yeah, and, and now now Dolph Ziggler is nowhere to be found on the card. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like this is a better match just because you have the heel and babyface dynamic as opposed to two babyface. I mean, the match, match would have been great between Ziggler and Zayn. I get it. And Miz and Zayn could also still be really good, but I think it makes more sense this way with the heel babyface dynamic so the crowd really isn't, you know, uh, they have no incentive to cheer one guy over the other. So we'll, we'll see what happens. But, yeah, with Ziggler, it's like he, he was – the IC champion had this great moment of no mercy, then he lost the belt, and now he's not even on the card. So I just, again, it goes back to what I was saying two months ago. I don't know where the hell you go with here with Dolph Ziggler. And I don't really care, to be honest. I just don't really give a shit about the guy at this point. I mean, it'll be a, it'll be a cool moment if Dolph was to come out and help Sami Zayn win. Um, that'll be cool. But I think, to me, the Miz, with the, you know, him, I, one, I had the Miz winning. That's number one. Two, I just feel like if Sami Zayn was to be Intercontinental Champion, I don't think he'll, I don't think he'll raise it to a level that the Miz has brought it um, over the past couple of months. One, the Miz is is a better person on the microphone. I, I don't think Sami Zayn can really go out there and, and cut a good promo as the Intercontinental Champion, as a babyface. I think the Miz. It is one of the greatest intercontinental champions of all time, and I think him having that belt. You, I mean, you saw it right afterwards on Talking Smack. He, he gets right in the face of Daniel Bryan and says, "You know, you know, look at me now." Whatever he was saying, and he has the intercontinental strap on um on, on his shoulder, and it brings um high prestige back to the belt. And I, how long would this reign be? We have no idea. But then it's like. It's the same old question. What happens to Dolph Ziggler? What does he do? Um, how does Sami Zayn, if he loses, how does he get over in the loss? Um, who was next in line for the Intercontinental Championship on SmackDown if Miz keeps it? And Dolph is, what, are, are they going to do a TLC match? Uh, uh, a freaking ladder match at TLC again for like the fifth time? Them going one-on-one? So, I mean, there's a lot of questions to be answered, but... Um, I think the Miz wins on Sunday. I see title stays. So that means the the WWE World Championship Tag Team Women's IC title and Cruiserweight is uh, titles is what you're gonna see on SmackDown, according to you, right? Yeah, I think so. I think it's gonna be the same division. They're the same titles they already have on SmackDown, just with the addition of the Cruiserweight Championship, which will largely be relegated to that 205 Live show. I mean, it won't be all over SmackDown. I think it's going to be largely on that 205 Live show, which I think is good. But, yeah, I've got IC, WWE, SmackDown women's title, tag titles, and Cruiserweight titles on, on SmackDown. And then the same thing for Raw, just without the Cruiserweight championship. That's all. 
Yeah, and then Raw can bring back like the fucking hardcore or European championship. <laughs> if they want to, I think they should just focus on making the titles that they have mean something. Because the U.S. title, they put it on Reigns. I mean, people were saying, I mean, I might have even said this too. I mean, it you can elevate nothing. the championship with Roman Reigns in possession of it, which is great. But the guy's fuck. You know, I mean, I know it's Survivor Series, but he's going to be fucking going after the Universal Championship from what it looks like, from what's been rumored. Yeah. I think we talked about it a few weeks ago when it was rumored that mm-hmm. Reigns and Owens might be happening at Roadblock, but it's just way too soon for Roman to be back in the main event scene. And then what the hell happens to the U.S. Championship? So, I don't know. I feel like, exactly. I, I don't know where they go from there. That's a whole lot of discussion, but... Yeah, they need to at least focus on making the championships that they have currently mean something first. With Mick Foley being on Raw, anything is possible to bring back the Hardcore Championship. That is true. Very true. <laughs> a Hardcore Championship inside Hell in a Cell, too. <laughs> Always an Hell in a Cell. <laughs> or Fatal, fatal Five-Way. You know, Raw, Raw I, every, you know, every chance I get... I put on Twitter, Raw leads SmackDown in fatal four-ways and fatal five-way matches. Easily. And easily, always. All right, who, who else we got here? Um, all right, now to the traditional tag team uh, Survivor Series matchup. Let's go with Team Raw and the tag team elimination match. Uh, bear with me. The New Day, Luke Gallows, Carl Anderson, Sheamus Cesaro, Enzo and Cass. The Shining Stars against Slater, Rhino, the Hype Bros, American Alpha, the Usos, and Breezango. 20 people all in one fucking match. Who do you have? <laughs> well, I know they did one of these matches, I think, at the first Survivor Series in 87. I think either 87 or 88. And the way that it was actually a really good match from what I remember um, from watching it back on the network. But I think the way it worked was that when one member of a team was eliminated, the whole team was gone which is the way that it should work. Maybe they right. want to kill time with fucking four hours. They're going to eliminate everybody, but I hope they, that's going to be a mess. So I really hope they don't do that. And it was already a mess from what we saw on SmackDown. They had like 16 guys in there. That was a mess. So I hope they just keep this you know, standard and as easy to as understand as possible. But uh, anyway, so yeah, as far as this match goes, I feel like, just a disclaimer, I do think that one brand will win two matches to one. I don't think it's going to be a clean sweep. Unless it's in favor of SmackDown, I don't think it's going to be a clean sweep. Um, but just without anything on the line, really, the out- I'm, I'm looking forward to these matches, but the outcomes don't even really matter. It's not like, oh, the tag team one wins. You know, whoever wins the tag team match, they get a tag team from the opposite brand. Then I could see Raw winning because they have no tag teams, but that's not the way it, that it works. So, again, I, I don't really know. I'm just going to you flip a coin. That's who wins. I'm going to go with Team SmackDown just because their division is in my opinion, far better than Raw's. On Raw, you get the fucking Golden Truth. Shining Stars are on the team. I love Enzo and Cass. The New Day are great. The Club are great. But I just the division's a mess over there. So with American Alpha, the Usos, Hype Bro, Slater, and Rhino, then you throw in Brazongo on top of it all. Um, I think SmackDown has to win this match. How can you say Raw has no tag teams when they have the Golden Truth? <laughs> I mean, I can't even say thank God they're not on Team Raw because we don't really have that much better in the Shining Stars. It's really pick your poison. I mean, it, it, it really is. I mean, as a fan, does it bother you that you, you, you watch SmackDown on Tuesday in the whole uh, King Booker segment? You actually see <laughs> you see the Usos celebrating right next to American Alpha, acting like yeah. 
do like act like I just didn't kayfabe broke your ankle whatever two months ago and now we're just <laughs> celebrating high fiving laughing because we're on the same team like as a fan does that bother you or you just don't really give a shit no no that does bother me I thought that was dumb I mean I enjoyed the I think I was more focused on King Booker than anything else <laughs> I mean it was cool to see the gimmick back for one night right but um no I do think it was stupid they did do that I mean these guys that one of the most ruthless rivalries in the entire company for a number of months which they should go back to they've been off Smackdown for a number of weeks for the most part and they should go back to doing that feud after Survivor Series but it's so stupid. I mean, you injured this guy's fucking ankle not a year ago, not even six months ago. That happened like two months ago. Mm. And then you go back to being friends just because you're all Team Smack. And I think it's just so stupid. But, yeah, it's stuff like that does bother me. So, you might have said it, but I probably did not hear it. In this match, you have Team Raw or Team SmackDown? Oh, sorry. Yeah, I got Team SmackDown going over, yeah. Okay. Um, I will go with, you know what? I'll, I'll I'll come back to that. Give me one second. Um, okay. The women's the women's uh, elimination match. We have Team Raw with Charlotte, Bailey, Nia Jax, Alicia Fox, Sasha Banks. SmackDown we have also with Dana Brooks. Uh, yeah, Dana Brooke. Team SmackDown we have Nikki Bella, Becky Lynch, Alexa Bliss, Carmella, and Naomi. Um, let me start off first. I think SmackDown would win. Going back to the to the tag team, I think Team Raw would win. Uh, for this match, I think Team SmackDown would win. I have no I have no reason why. I just feel like they're gonna win. Like you said, there's there's, there's nothing at stake for any of these um, Survivor Series matches. Which which I think one thing they really dropped the ball and making this yeah it's a, it's for brand supremacy it's about re- you know representing your brand and i get all that but if you would have said hey you know the winning team gets future title shots or whatever down the road then it's like oh shit now it's more incentive to, to actually win your match or make sure you don't get eliminated um for team smackdown i i just i have no reason why they're gonna win i just feel like they're gonna win and for the tag team i think team raw is gonna win but i could be wrong because Knowing that the New Day's tag team record is is almost up there for demolition, them them and that team taking a a loss could be like okay, going into the 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 next month pay per view, which I think is roadblock for them, that the tide could be turning that their tag team championship reign or their dominance as a as a dominant tag team could be you know Tom Tom is running out, so them losing that match and then maybe SmackDown winning. The um, the women's match. That's the way I see it. I have no fucking reason why, but who do you got? I'm in the same boat. I really have no real reason, no logic behind my picks for these matches, for these tag team elimination matches. I got Team SmackDown going over in the tag teams. But I got the reverse. I got Team SmackDown in the tag teams, and then I got the Raw team for the women, just because they got. I mean, in kayfabe anyway, they have a lot of great women over on SmackDown, but in kayfabe, you got Bailey, Charlotte, and Sasha all on one team. I don't know how they can't win in that case, and Charlotte rarely ever loses on pay-per-view. You got Sasha on that same team. I don't think they're going to elim- eliminate both girls, so maybe it comes down to both of them as the sole survivors, but uh, either way, I got Team Raw going over here. Yeah, I, I you know, I don't want to jump to the... The main event of the the main five five on five, but I, I just feel like I just don't want them to have Raw win 
two matches out of three. Because, it, it, again, we know Raw is the flagship show. Uh, three hours every Monday night. But I feel like if they can kind of shock people and have SmackDown win two out of three and then SmackDown lose the, 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 the main five on five, I think it'll kind of give a balance where yeah, yeah, SmackDown is right up there with Raw every single week. Um, do I see a clean sweep? Definitely not. I, I, I don't want a clean sweep either way. But if they have Raw win two out of three, which I think they might, it just, for me as a fan, it's like SmackDown has been doing so well with, with the whole brand split. So let's, let's not act like they haven't been doing shit since since July. With, I think you can ask everybody that watches wrestling that SmackDown has been the better show, the better product, the better storyline, the better championship matches um, since the whole brand split. And I think get, giving them two out of three will be fine for me. But if you go the route of giving Raw two out of three, especially the main five-on-five five match, to me, it's just like, all right, you know, it, it's the same old shit. We know Raw is a flagship, but nowadays in 2016, SmackDown is better than Raw. It is. I mean, that's just what I fear. I mean, I feel like they will. My prediction is that they do go 2-1 and one, Raw, but I feel like the way it's going to work out, I mean, I guess you could do a case where SmackDown wins the first two matches, the tag team and the women's one, and then Raw has to come through in the end, like the right. underdogs, which they really aren't. But uh, then they win the final match. But I don't know. Just from the way that I see it, I see them splitting those two matches and then, the, then that making that main event mean that much more with Raw having a win, SmackDown having a win, as opposed to being a must-win situation for SmackDown. I feel like it's more predictable if they, do, um, if they have SmackDown win the first two matches and then Raw wins the final one because you know Raw is going to win in that case. I don't think it's going to be a clean sweep. No, really, should it be? But uh, I do agree SmackDown should win two out of the three matches. I just don't think they will, which is why I feel like Raw will win. I mean, I had Team SmackDown winning that last one, the main male match, and you know, as of like a couple days ago. But after what we saw on SmackDown with Taker coming back and saying, whoever loses, you're going to have to face my wrath. I mean, right. it will build to an AJ and Undertaker match. Again, a whole other discussion as we go forward. But um, I do think that's why I feel like Raw will win that main male match just to set up a taker match with Shane again, not hopefully not Shane again, but AJ or Cena or Ambrose or somebody else on the SmackDown side of things, Team SmackDown, whatever. Um, I, I do think Raw wins that male match. I know we're going forward here, but I think Raw wins two out of the three matches, which I don't hope they do, but I feel I just my gut feeling is that they will. Team Raw will have Kevin Owens, Chris Jericho, Roman Reigns, Braun Strowman, Seth Rollins. Team SmackDown will have AJ Styles, Dean Ambrose, Bray Wyatt, Randy Orton, and Shane McMahon in the main five-on-five traditional men's elimination match. I, I, I think I think Raw wins. Um, and it, like you say, it kind of made it clearer on SmackDown on Tuesday when you saw the Undertaker the Undertaker come out and he said that you know whoever is responsible for a possible SmackDown loss. You know, it's going to feel my wrath and everything. So, oh, click. Somebody on here is going to be the last one out. Possibly AJ Styles, the world champion. And then you can kind of link that to him and Taker going at it. Maybe at the Royal Rumble, which I've seen, I think, as of yesterday or the day before, that there were some rumors that that might be the match happening at Royal Rumble with AJ Styles and The Undertaker for, for the world championship. But not to jump ahead. 
Um, I have Team Raw winning um, in the main 5-on-5 men's match. I have no idea who's going to survive. Likely Roman fucking Reigns. Um, do you see the same thing with Raw going over Team SmackDown in the main 5-on-5 match? Yeah, I see Raw going over. I just hope it's in a way that I won't be, like, groaning at the end, like, oh, man, Roman Reigns is Soul Survivor again. Like, hopefully they spice it up and make it interesting. I mean, I would love it if Jericho uh, were the Soul Survivors, or at least Owens and Reigns. If it's just Reigns, fuck that. They got to have, if it's going to be Reigns and Owens and Roadblock, just have them be the final two. It doesn't even really matter. Just have them be the final two. Just not just Roman Reigns. Uh, but anyway, and, or at least, you know, they're in Canada. They're in Owens' backyard of Canada. So he's got to be a sole survivor, in my opinion. But, yeah, the whole thing with Taker and AJ, it's got to be happening in the Rumble. When you said that, and I, I was reminded in my head that they're going to be in Texas for that pay-per-view, how can you not do Taker and AJ for the belt of the Rumble at this point? If you're not going to do Michaels, Taker's the next best thing for AJ to go up against at that pay-per-view. And then also, lest we forget the whole James Ellsworth thing at ringside, he's the mascot. I feel like he will play a factor in the finish. Otherwise, why have him there? Mm-hmm. Um, he might cost Ambrose the match unintentionally, intentionally, whatever, to kind of set up something between them at some point. Um, he'll, he, he might fuck up and cost him the match. So, yeah, that being said, I do feel like Raw will win that final male uh, Raw versus SmackDown tag team elimination match. I think the only way that it'll work where Reigns could be eliminated and it's like, you know, still doesn't look bad if to set up roadblock that Kevin Owens causes his own teammate Reigns to get out the match or whether he does a pop-up powerbomb on him or does something to him just just to get Reigns out the way and then he can be the, the, the sole survivor for, for Raw to kind of build up and set up their, their championship match at roadblock. Um, I, I just, I got Raw in, in this, um, I mean, if they can make everybody look strong, if they can build up the, um, you know, the Braun, Bray Wyatt, Orton Wyatt family kind of connection, which I, which we, we started to see on Raw in the promo in the ring. Um, you know, Shane, Shane's involvement is going to be real tricky because, you know, I've been hearing that they're trying to build him and Brock for WrestleMania. Does, does Brock get involved to... to, to eliminate Shane I have no idea but I think this match is made to develop you know new new stories new new rivalries going forward and I know they're separate brands but they can always come together for a a Royal Rumble or even a Wrestlemania but I think AJ is going to be the last one eliminated you'll see him and Taker down the road um you know go at it He's going to be defending the, the title at TLC anyway against Dean Ambrose. So we already know Taker won't be involved in that. And to have Royal Rumble in the Alamo Dome in Texas in Taker's home state and go over, I think he'll win the belt from AJ, which, again, not not trying to skip over the, the, the main event with Goldberg and Brock, but Taker and John Cena has, has always been the match that you, everybody has been like, you know what? If Taker's gonna have one final match, one last hurrah at WrestleMania, I, I, I did not see him being world champion in that equation. But it could be. It can be even extra special that he goes into Royal Rumble, wins the belt from AJ. Cena could win the Rumble or the the Chamber match the 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 following month to be the number one contender. Him and Taker go at it at WrestleMania. Taker loses, retires, and Cena against uh, Cena gets championship reign number sixteen. 
I think that's the most perfect story to go out. That's the most most perfect story to to um, articulate and illustrate on TV. It makes perfect sense. I don't see Taker going um, past WrestleMania. Is that what you see in the cards for this whole from now from from Survivor Series to WrestleMania and the future of Taker Cena Styles? Is that what you see? Yes, and I like that route a lot. I mean, people are going to groan like, oh, man, Cena beating Taker, winning that 16th World Championship. Oh, God, that's awful. But you know what? From a storyline standpoint, it makes perfect sense. Perfect sense. And it's not like, you know, with Rock and Cena, like, oh, Cena has to get his win back. That made sense, I guess, in storyline. <clears throat> but it was so predictable. It was almost nauseating. The match sucked, too. That <clears throat> Let's we forget that part. But at least in this case... It allows for some cool opportunities with Taker with the championship. The, last, the first time in six or seven years, and the last time, he gets one more run in his home state of Texas at the Royal Rumble. You get a great match with AJ out of it. You get a great match with Cena and Taker out of it, much less at WrestleMania. <clears throat> so I feel like it's the best way they could go, especially with as opposed to doing Cena and AJ for a third time. And then having, I would, even that I wouldn't hate if they did Cena and AJ once again with Cena finally beating AJ to win the championship. I get that, and I pitched that a few months ago here in the show with you, but I feel like the way that it looks like it might be playing out with Taker winning the belt and then defending against Cena WrestleMania for number 16 for Cena, I think it, you, it, there's a lot of things that get accomplished out of that that feel fresh. It's you know, something new. It's something unprecedented. You get a lot of great matches, and I have no real you know, resistance to it. I think it could make for a great match. I mean, you could also do th – th does the match need the championship? No. No. But, I mean – and I mean, I, and I said this a couple of years ago with Rock and Cena too. Did that match need the championship? No. But and I thought a way they could have gone with doing that match at WrestleMania 29 was having Cena cost the Rock the match, the title match of the Royal Rumble. And maybe we see something similar this year with John Cena coming out. He's going to, you know, help Taker win the championship and, you know, finally overcome his arch nemesis, AJ Styles, only to cost Taker the match, becoming the biggest deal on, in the entire fucking company by screwing over The Undertaker in his home state, and that sets up a darker Cena versus Taker match for WrestleMania. And then you can do the whole 16-time world champion thing later on. That doesn't really matter. You can do that. Cena's not retiring anytime soon. you got plenty of time for that. So that's another twist they could do, too. Either way, I think the end game is Taker and Cena, as it should be. Because like you said, that's a match people have been waiting for for years. It's really the last money match you could do with Taker at this point in time uh, that doesn't involve, like, The Rock or something. So, yeah, I would want to see it go down that way and i think it will but you know to me i think it makes perfect sense because i could be wrong but i, I think it's very rare that you see somebody going in like a, a retirement match you know you kind of knowing it's their final match but they're going in as champion and then they lose the belt and then they ride off to the sunset we've seen rick flair and Shawn michaels retirement match rick flair was he was not a champion. He lost. Um, Sting and Triple H. Neither one of them. Uh, Sting wasn't a, a, a champion. And I know he fought later on, but um, he wasn't uh, a champion. Um, Shawn Michaels and Taker from WrestleMania 26. Shawn Michaels was not champion. Just a, just a regular a regular guy. Uh, and having a retirement match. How many times do you see, uh, do you see basically a quote-unquote retirement match and you're going in as champion i think i think that's one thing that makes this that that that, that could make that match very different and rare because like fans are going to be you know torn they, I, I i want taker to win but then 
half you're going to be like, well, I want John Cena to win, but then half you're going to even hate uh, John Cena even more. That you know what? That's the part too. If 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 that's Taker's last match, and John Cena beats him, and Taker does his last you know hurrah and everything, you can kind of see fans go away from Cena like you know what you know what fuck you Cena you you took take away from us now we we hated you before we hate you even more so I'm not saying that's that's gonna make a a a, a freaking heel turn but that can make some fans kind of go away from Cena knowing that he is now tied with with Ric Flair with 16 um title reigns but he also retired Taker like you know it's a big story behind that that's what I'm saying. I mean, people said this years ago, that the best way to turn Cena heel would have him break the streak. Now, obviously, that's not the case anymore because the streak has been broken by Brock Lesnar. But having him beat Undertaker and retire might be the next best thing. I mean, people already dislike Cena as, they, as, as it is. But if you really want to pull the trigger on a John Cena heel turn, which I, don't, I think could still happen. It's not one of those things where it will never happen. Um, they're kind of transitioning Reigns into the new guy. They have Ambrose as the top guy. Cena's barely in the program as it is. So does it really matter if he's a heel or not, if he's barely on the show? And, hell, you could just make him a heel just for the match. Like I said, you could turn him heel or a, kind of a, a soft heel turn before WrestleMania and kind of have him be the heel in that program. Because you know when he goes into WrestleMania to face Undertaker of all people, he's going to get fucking booed, especially if he beats him. He's going to get booed out of the building, especially if he retires him much less. To win the championship, which also people don't want to see by and large. So, I, I, if there's any time to turn the guy heel, it would be then. So, th- that's, that's when I would do it. That's what I would do. But, uh, yeah, so I don't know if you do it beforehand, during the match, and you can create an epic moment with Taker putting over Cena, losing at WrestleMania only for the second time in 25 years. I just, I don't know. I think it should, might be the perfect way to go out for Undertaker, but... I think the idea of a Cena heel turn possibly happening. I know there's been conspiracy theories for years, but uh, this mu- would be the absolute perfect time to do it. And of course, we have the main event. I, I think the main event at at Survivor Series, uh, Fantasy Warfare, Brock Lesnar, Goldberg, uh, first matchup between these two in 12 years, rematch from WrestleMania 20, that that all time classic, <laughs> WrestleMania 20. <laughs> Just a, 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 a barn burner. Um, Goldberg, Brock Lesnar, very interesting. I think it can go either way because you're trying, you know, wrestling fans like to think ahead of time. Like, oh, if this if Goldberg doesn't win, is he going to retire? I mean, th- this, this could be a, a, a retirement match um, itself. But if, Bro- if Goldberg wins, what's in the future for, for Goldberg? Or, you know, what's in the future for Brock Lesnar going forward? Um, Goldberg, Brock Lesnar, Graham, who do you have winning in this match? And do, do you think we get a clean finish, a clean ending to this rivalry? I think we should, and I think we will. I mean, I don't know how you can really go about cheating. I mean, Lesnar, by and large, at least since he came back four years ago, four and a half years ago at this point, has never really cheated to win any of his matches. I mean, if the guy can be Undertaker clean at WrestleMania, I feel like he does not need to cheat to beat anyone, you know, this day and age. It isn't certainly not to beat Goldberg, of all people, a guy who's, you know, closing in on 50. I think this will be Goldberg's last match, unless he goes in there and has a phenomenal five-star classic. 
there really isn't any need to do another match with Goldberg beyond this. And I've said this before, so I hate to sound like a broken record, but the guy's closing in on 50. Brock and Goldberg, with all the video game hype and their history, it makes sense. It's a money match. I know I'm, that's the match, by and large, by and far, I'm excited for in the Survivor Series card, above everything else in the show, which is going to be a great show. But this match has been built up so well from their face-off on Monday to Goldberg's amazing return to those video packages. Everything about this match excites me, with the exception of maybe the match itself, the in-ring from an in-ring standpoint. And that being said, I think Goldberg intends to go in there, have one more match, unless they throw millions of dollars in his face for another match. But really, who can they put him up against? Unless they bring, you know, the Rock out of retirement, or he's not really retired, but unless they do another match with the Rock, which is not happening, they bring Stone Cold out of retirement, which is also not happening. There's no real people I want to see Goldberg face. Maybe Roman Reigns, but I you can have Goldberg lose here and then lose again to Roman Reigns. Like, what does his stock really mean at that point? He's like, sting. So, I don't know. I feel like Lesnar's got to win here. He's the full-time, not really full-timer, but he's around more so than Goldberg is. He's been undefeated for three and a half years. He hasn't been pinned or submitted since then. So, he's got to win, and I think we just get a clean finish. I don't want to see Shane getting involved. I know you said, you know, as people have been saying, mm. Shane and, and Lesnar at WrestleMania, maybe, which would be a fucking nightmare. Just do it to Rumble. I don't want to see the WrestleMania. It's such a waste of Brock Lesnar. Because, you know, the match is going to last like five minutes. So, just do it at the Rumble or a house show or at main event or superstars or something. Just don't do it at WrestleMania. Um, so, anyway, I don't want to see Shane get involved here. Just have Brock beat him. One, two, three. Give him ten minutes. Do the epic, do the epic entrances. Goldberg walks out to his music. That's all it needs to be. Nothing fancy. Nothing over the top, nothing, you know, cutting edge. Like, you beat the shit out of Randy Orton in seven minutes at, at uh, Survivor Series, at SummerSlam. You don't need to do that again. Just have him beat him. Ten-minute match is all it needs to be. So, yeah, I got Brock Lesnar beating Goldberg on Sunday. Okay, so you, you're saying Goldberg is a wrap uh, on Sunday. But then, you know, the, the the next question is, what's next for Brock Lesnar? I, I know Kevin Owens is going to defend the the universal title as of now against Roman Reigns at Roadblock and that leaves Rumble and Mania open not knowing who's going to be the champion but how does Brock like what do you do with Brock does he go right into the the, the whole title picture does he take a month off does he go into the Royal Rumble like yeah he can beat Goldberg that's, that's, that, that's fine Goldberg could retire that's great but like what do you do with Brock? They haven't done much with him in the last, I think, since since WrestleMania. That's the thing. I feel like he's really just been bouncing around with any without any real direction. Been They've chilling. been putting him in matches with Dean Ambrose or Andy Orton, now Goldberg. This one just worked out perfectly with the video game and shit like that. They really lucked into this one. But going forward, I think putting him back in the title picture would be the best course of action. That would make the most sense to me. Uh, he never really got his rightful one-on-one rematch with the championship after being screwed over last year at Battleground. He was screwed out of the title at the Royal Rumble, thanks to the Wyatt family. Uh, and and, and that went nowhere. That went Raw. nowhere. What'd you say? And that whole thing with, with uh, Bray Wyatt went absolutely nowhere. <laughs> and it went absolutely nowhere, exactly. And they can't do anything about it now because they're on separate shows unless they do it like a interpromotional match, which I also don't want to see because, as I said before, Brock Lesnar would just bury the guys. So, mm. um, But, yeah, I think... To me, and I know a lot of people are not high on the idea of the match, he's not really a threat to Brock Lesnar, and he's not currently, but I think he can be built up. I think there's still time where he can build him up. And I said months ago when he first won the championship, I told you right here on the show, 
Owens and Lesnar for the championship at the Rumble is what I want to see. I think it could be a good match if they give them time and they don't just do a million different suplexes. Um, if they actually give them, if they actually go out there and have a match, then I think it could be really good. Um, I'm not saying Lesnar needs to win. Maybe he goes into WrestleMania and then he finally puts somebody over like a Roman Reigns for the championship, which would be fucking awful. I really don't want to see that. It'd be a repeat of WrestleMania 31 all over again. Yeah, what they wanted so. to do with that show, but didn't. What they couldn't. Uh, you know, with Reigns getting booed out of the building, all that backlash. So anyway, yeah, um, I, I think Lesnar after this moves on to the championship picture, maybe a program with Kevin Owens. Uh, he, he's really the only one on Raw I want to see him face right now. I mean, Jericho's kind of a part-timer. He's not really a part-timer, but it's not really a match that intrigues me. Balor's gone right now. Uh, Roman Reigns, we've seen that a couple times before. So, yeah, I would like to see him go in the title picture, and I think it makes the most sense. After all the wins that he's gotten this year over Ambrose Orton and hopefully Goldberg on Sunday, there's no way that he can't go back into the title picture. He wouldn't be qualified. He wouldn't have earned another shot at that championship come you know, by the Royal Rumble. They're going to do a Brock and Strowman. Watch. Watch. <laughs> oh, God. I forgot about that. You know what? They wanted to do that this year. They wanted to do that this year at WrestleMania, and they didn't, thank God. Yeah. But now that they're building Strowman up, I could certainly see that as a possibility. Anything's better than Shane. Uh, yeah, or, or, or Dean Ambrose. Would, you know. I mean, well, I, you know, I got to give credit to Ambrose because he did want to do a lot of things, and I think Brock yeah. shut that down. So at least he wanted to be creative in the match. And, um. Again, I think yeah, him and Kevin Owens seems to be the the number one lock to you know program for him to go forward. Um, hopefully, Kevin Owens is still champion after Roadblock. Um, I want to see Reigns. Uh, Reigns has gotten a lot better. I I tend to become more of a fan of his recently, but he's still United States champion. Uh, not really doing much for that belt. And uh, I don't want to see him world champion again. And there's also questions about you know, you know, at the Survivor Series, a lot of a lot of questions of how you're going to build for Rumble with Mania with with a lot of guys. You know, Seth Rollins is he ever going to get his retribution against Triple H? We haven't seen Triple H since freaking August, and that seems like to be a match where him and Seth can go at it at WrestleMania. Do we see seeds planted? At Survivor or Rumble remains to be seen, but I think Survivor Series overall this year has has on paper has the potential to really, you know, it, you know, ignite the whole card itself. Where you know you can ask anybody, you know, the Big Four, Mania, SummerSlam, Rumble, and Survivor Series, and you can ask them to rank them, and I guarantee you, Survivor Series will, will always be number four, and. That you know, it's been that way for for quite some time. Where SummerSlam is the WrestleMania of the summer, the Royal Rumble is, you know, is the road to WrestleMania. It has meaning. Survivor Series, it just stuck in November, and like there's no meaning. There hasn't been meaning uh, meaning to it ever since Sting did did his thing two years ago. But you know, you get these little flash in the pans moments, but. I think this year has the potential to be really, really good, really dominant, really entertaining. You know, you have Goldberg and Brock. You have your traditional Survivor Series matches. You have um, other championship matches on the card. Um, It could turn out really great. And for me, I just want the storylines going forward to make sense and to have me as a fan really be um, invested in, 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 in in, in what's coming up next. And I think Survivor Series definitely has the the potential to to do that. 
Absolutely. I mean, now is the time they start planting the seed and they start building the cards for WrestleMania. We already kind of have an idea of what might happen with guys like Seth Rollins and Triple H. Yep. But like you said, what about Brock Lesnar? What about the world champions, AJ Styles and Kevin Owens and Jericho and Roman Reigns and all these other kind of guys? This is the time to start building towards that show. And uh, just even on a, on a bigger scale, like you said, Survivor Series for the first time and God, I don't know how long. Feels meaningful. Like, I'm actually excited for the entire show. Like, two years ago when they did the whole Team Authority versus Team Cena match, which was still, in my opinion, one of the best main events in a long time this company has ever done. Uh, the entire show, though, on the whole, was really not that good. It was really just kind of this closing, that last hour that was great with the main event and Sting coming in. Overall, it was not a great show. Last right. year, like you said earlier, fucking sucked. Terrible. year before that, 2013, fucking sucked. And every other year before that, I couldn't even tell you. So I know they did 2011, they were in MSG, and that was a good show. But overall, this pay-per-view is not meant like, oh, man, I'm excited for Survivor Series. I have not heard that in a long-ass time. So hopefully Sunday kind of changed the perception of the pay-per-view of the November classic of the Thanksgiving tradition for future installments. Like, oh, wow, I think something might actually meaningful might actually happen at Survivor Series for once. And I think if there's any time to start doing that, it would be this year within marking 30 years of the pay-per-view. I mean, there were many times over the years where they could have scrapped the show and they didn't, thank God, um, because the show has been that bad at times. The buy rate has been that bad, but I think that if there's any time to turn it around and really make the show mean something again, like make America great again, make Survivor Series great again, starting this Sunday. They already actually announced on a, on a side note, too, they announced it for next year. I think they announced it a couple hours ago. Survivor Series 2017 is taking place in Texas. And I couldn't tell you the last time they announced that far in advance when Survivor Series or where it's going to be taking place. So hopefully this is the beginning of a resurrection of sorts for Survivor Series going forward. You're right. I think the only benefit of the doubt I give for last year's Survivor Series was the fact that Seth Rollins did get hurt and that changed a whole lot of shit. And mm -hmm. it's supposed to be him and Reigns one-on-one for the title. Then they had the big old tournament, and that's the only asterisk I give last year's uh, Survivor Series. But um, looking forward to it this Sunday. Real quick, two questions from um, Twitter Twitter fam um, at Nick Crap is hold up. If this Survivor Series go, goes well, do you see them continuing future Survivor Series in this format of Raw versus SmackDown? Yeah, I think so, and I would hope so, too. I mean, I know they used to do it with the whole bragging rights show, but it was always so silly to me. And they only did it twice, but it was always so silly to me that they did a 7-on-7 seven -seven Raw versus SmackDown match literally a fucking month before Survivor Series. And in both cases, both in 2009 and 2010, Survivor Series sucked because they did the Raw and SmackDown matches a month before. So, yeah, I would love to see these matches, you know, a, a solid part of the pay-per-view in the years to come. If the brand split stays intact, which I, I hope it would, I hope they don't scrap it again before next year. But, uh, yeah, I hope it is. it does become an annual occurrence going forward. And since you mentioned bragging rights, his second question was, or do we get bragging rights back as a pay-per-view? There you go. Uh, no. I hope not. I, mean, I like the idea of Raw and SmackDown matches, but, I mean, I guess you could do it. Oh, when would you do it? It's really the question. Doing an October before Survivor Series when you do a huge five-on-five, seven-on-seven tag team match, a month before Survivor Series is stupid. That makes no sense. But then again, if you move it like six months ahead of time in like April, again, what would be the point when you already did Raw and SmackDown matches at WrestleMania? 
So just morphing in with Survivor Series, make it a part of that show. Um, doing it, giving it its own pay per view to me is just kind of silly when you have Survivor Series and SummerSlam and Rumble and WrestleMania and all these other interpromotional events. The only way I think they can do it and be creative is if they do it where it's like a it's like a taboo Tuesday Cyber Sunday kind of thing where fans online and Twitter and social media can vote. Um, like, if you want The Miz to, to defend the Intercontinental Championship from anybody on Raw or SmackDown, you, who would it be out of these four choices? And then the fans will vote, and whether that wrestler is on Raw or SmackDown, the highest votes go to that guy. Where You don't have a bragging rights kind of, kind of pay-per-view. And, and to me, I'm shocked that they don't have a pay-per-view like Cyber Sunday or Taboo Tuesday nowadays because... They like to do a lot of shit on social media, all these Twitter and Instagram, and this this is trending. Like, you know, when they did these pay-per-views um, 10, 11 years ago, in a, the, the, the whole social media was nowhere to be found like that. Now you have 30 million followers on, on Twitter or whatever alone. You can use that to, to create a, a network-only pay-per-view solely for the fans to see these fantasy-type matchups that they can get only by voting. And I'm surprised that they haven't done, you know, something like that recently. I think the only reason why they may have scrapped that, they, the last time they did a Survivor Series, or rather a Cyber Sunday-like show, was 2008. And that was right around the time when Twitter came around and they started doing the whole, you know, vote for a no-holds-barred, no-disqualification, false-come-anywhere match, despite the fact they're all the same fucking thing. Mm. But they would do that every single week for literally years on Raw. They would, oh, vote, you know, go to the WWE app and vote for the match type or vote for the opponent. And they would do it every single week. Or go to the website and vote this shit. Which is great. I like the idea of it, but they did it so often every week on Raw to boost viewership for their fucking app that it became, like, why would you do a pay-per-view after? But now that I think about it, they haven't done that kind of shit in a long time. I couldn't tell you the last time they did something like that where they had the fans vote on a match type or an opponent. They haven't done that in a long time. So if you do not do it on Raw every single fucking week, and you bring right. it back as a pay-per-view, I'd have no problem with that. I, I do think it is cool for the fans to have, in their minds, from what I've heard, I've heard different reports. I've heard that the the, the voting results were real, that they were rigged. Who fucking knows? <laughs> they only do what they want to do anyway. But um, I think from a general stance, for the viewer to believe that they have control of the matches is cool. So, yeah, I think it would be cool with all these other pay-per-views being brought back and you have Hell in the Cell and TLC and Extreme Rules. Just one gimmick show that I would actually be in favor of is a Cyber Sunday-like show, as you mentioned. I feel like, or Tiber, Taboo Tuesday, whatever you want to call it. Um, and now you can do that kind of stuff. You can do, you know, it's not really pay-per-view anymore. It's special events. You can do it on a Friday or a, a Taboo Wednesday or something. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, so, yeah, I, I'd definitely be in favor of that coming back in the future, maybe as soon as 2017 with all these new pay-per-views being brought back and shit. Like Backlash, No Mercy. Maybe Cyber Sunday is next. One more question um, from It's a Damn Shane. Um, I guess I'll paraphrase it for him. He says, who should be the NXT talent or team to debut and for who? So I, I'm guessing, you know, we are going to have NXT Toronto on, on Saturday. And a lot of fans have been asking, like, who who is next to come up? Um, you know, singles guy. Uh, tag team, who's next to be called up, and do you, which brand do you think they uh, should go to, Raw or SmackDown? 
I said it earlier, but I'd have everyone on the TakeOver Toronto card. Samoa Joe, to me, screams main roster. I mean, so does Bobby Roode and Nakamura and Aries and literally half of the roster they have down there. But Joe's done everything there is to do. He's been down there way longer than he should have been. He's been down there for like a year and a fucking half. He's been the champion. He's getting his rematch on Saturday. And once he loses, unless they have Joe win the belt back and they bring Nakamura to the main roster instead, which they have done before, like with American Alpha, they held the belts for like two months. And they brought them up to the main roster. Um, so maybe they do something similar with Nakamura. But I feel like Joe is the next one to be called up. He should be called up. SmackDown needs more top heels. So, I mean, I know they need more bodies on Raw, but I think he's a perfect fit for SmackDown. You have so many feuds with Taker and AJ. You have John Cena, Randy Orton, Bray Wyatt. So many great guys on SmackDown he can feud with. I know the Revival people are thinking that they might be called up soon, but I don't even see them dropping the belts on Saturday. And even if they did lose the titles on Saturday, I could see them holding on, you know, getting a rematch at some point, holding on to their NXT stand for a little while longer before, you know, they get the rematch and then they, you know, do all that whole shit and then they get called up around WrestleMania time. But yeah, out of everyone at TakeOver Toronto on Saturday that will probably lose and then get called up, I think it's going to be Samoa Joe. If not Mickey James, you know, her making a special appearance, but she's not really getting called up per se. But Samoa Joe should be in the main roster hopefully as soon as Monday. Who knows? Or Tuesday SmackDown, who knows? Um, just a couple more before I let you go, Graham. Uh, what did you make of seeing Edge back on SmackDown? I know it was a SmackDown episode 900, so they brought back King Booker, they brought back Edge, they brought back the the Undertaker. Uh, but seeing Edge, uh, I know he you know he has the show on the network, so it's not like oh wow Edge is you know came back. So seeing him with the with the traditional long hair of his. Uh, and the long beard uh, kind of took me back to that rumble. He came back and uh, he won. So uh, seeing Edge was definitely a good thing, right? Yeah, definitely. Like you, you, you took the words right out of my mouth. He looked like him when he came back at the Rumble 2010, but he also had that same look when he came back at uh, coincidentally Survivor Series. I think back in 2008, in the crazy homeless man looking beard, and it looks great. I mean, he looks a little bit older, obviously, and he is, yeah. but. I love the long hair. We haven't seen the long hair in, I think, four and a half, five years. That was cool. But, I mean, the cutting edge wasn't anything amazing on Tuesday, but it's no. always great to see edge. It always looks like he's having a fun time. So, yeah, I thought it was cool. Yeah, he, he, he got cut off by that tall seven-foot guy that, you know, from Death Valley. So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, another one real quick. What did you make of the SmackDown guys going on Raw and, and the Raw the, the, the female Raw wrestlers going on SmackDown just to try to build up the matches. I enjoyed it. They didn't do any overkill. They did the main male match guys on Monday, and they did the women on Tuesday. I heard a report they were going to do the Raw guys on SmackDown uh, on SmackDown 900 and do kind of do reverse of what they did on Raw, but I'm glad they, did. they put heat on the women's match by doing the invasion with the women as opposed to doing the same thing that we just saw on Monday with the guys, with the main guys in the, in the main tag team match. But, I mean, to your credit, you called it a few weeks ago, I imagine. I, I re- distinctly remember you saying that they could have these, you know, the two brands invade each other. And, I, you know, I, I even said, I know we saw it with Orton and Lesnar, um, but they didn't overdo it. They only did it for one week. And they did the same thing with this match, too. They did it on Raw, and they did it on SmackDown once each. And that was right. it. And that's exactly what it needed to be. I'm definitely more excited for the matches than I was before, but I thought it was really well done. But I, I, I do tell you this. When SmackDown, when the, when the SmackDown guys came through the crowd on Raw, 
that crowd popped like crazy. It was like, oh shit, are we in a SmackDown arena now, or we at Raw? And you know, did that surprise you that that they got that kind of reaction? Not really. I thought it was hilarious, and Stephanie brought this up too. The fact that when Team, team SmackDown got cheered over Team Raw, and Stephanie yes. was like, "Why are you cheering for SmackDown? You guys bought tickets to be here that, that Monday Night Raw." And I mean, not the same way that I'll go to Raw, but I think SmackDown's the better show, and I think the people realize that. Hence, why Team SmackDown with a baby faces on Monday. Uh-huh. But uh, no, that did not surprise me at all that they got cheered as much as they did, as loud as they did, because SmackDown, I think, as many people know, is the better brand. They also have better stars too. With AJ and Ambrose and Shane showing up, so that was cool. The only thing that bothered me with um, Charlotte coming down the 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 crowd, and, and and it's not her fault, but to me, Grant, we always go back to where if the announcers make it seem like it's a big deal, you at home, the viewer will be like, yo, this, yo, this is a big fucking deal, and. The way they sell it, the way they entertain it, the way they say, "Oh wow, SmackDown, AJ Styles, the World Champion here on, on Raw," you kind of feel like, "Oh man, this, you know, this, this is a big freaking moment." When Charlotte came down, I could be wrong. I, I think it was Otunga. I, I, I could be wrong. You could check it out. She's coming down. She's she's the Raw Women's Champion. She's on SmackDown, and they always do the whole shit. Oh, she bought a ticket. I'm getting tired of that shit too. Um, <laughs> She comes down and, and, and you know, you, even Morrow, JBL, like, oh, my God, Charlotte, what's she doing here? You, you know, Jim Ross would have would would pumped that shit up. Like, Charlotte, what's she doing here? She's invading. Is she not supposed to be here, have security here? Oh, Tunga says, oh, look, Charlotte's here. <laughs> like, that's it? Uh. <laughs> I'm at home like, no shit, she's here. I can see her. But it's like, that's all you have to say? Like, and nobody else... I could be wrong. Nobody else said a thing. Oh, oh, Charlotte's here. Like, that's how you're oh, supposed to make the, the fan at home buy the network or still buy it on pay-per-view to be really invested in the match. You're supposed to say, Charlotte's here. What is she doing here? Does she have a ticket? Get get security out here. She has no no reason to be here. Like, Oh, she's here. And I'm like, that's the one thing. Like, again, not to be too, ana- not to be too analytical or thoughtful, but it's like that at home... If that's if that's Jerry Lawler, Graham, if that's Jim Ross, they would have popped that moment like crazy. Uh, that reminds me of when Christian first came back to the company. I think back in 2009, and he showed up on ECW, and Todd Grisham had one of the greatest lines of all time, just in the same voice that Otunga said that she's here. Um, I think it was Todd Grisham. He goes, it's Christian. And Christian had not been in the company for like six or seven years, at least mm. three or four years. And he just goes... It's Christian, and that's it. Like, no, like, enthusiasm in his voice. It was like, you fucking kidding me? That's what they reminded me of. But it's like, wow. Oh, Tunga sucks anyway. He's not good. Um, but, yeah, it's like moments like that. The little things make the biggest differences. If they sell it like a big deal, it's going to come across like a big deal. Right. And I believe it's a big deal as a viewer. So I could not agree more. Before I let you go for real, um, today we're taping this show on November 17th, Thursday, uh, 20 years ago was Survivor Series 1996, and a lot of things happened. The Rock debuted in the company 20 years ago today. Uh, we all see how his career turned out. Um, freaking Psycho Sid became the champion for the first time, defeating Shawn Michaels, and Shawn had a 6-7 six, seven, uh, six, month reign 
after beating Bret Hart at WrestleMania 12. And Stone Cold versus Bret Hart one-on-one for the first time ever. And it was held at Madison Square Garden. So just want to get your quick thoughts on the 20-year anniversary of Survivor Series 96. Such a great show. I don't know where it ranks up amongst the greatest of all time, but it's got to be up there. I mean, it's definitely got to be in the top five, if not top three. I mean, in MSG, like you said, a really good main event. Undoubtedly, Sid's greatest match in the entire, maybe not even in the company, I'd say his entire career. I might be wrong. I might be wrong. I didn't watch a lot of his WCW stuff, but that match was fucking great. The fact that they, I mean, he was the heel, too, and Michaels was the baby face, and they, they popped for, for Sid. Uh, hitting uh, Jose Lothario, Shawn Michaels' manager with like the camera or something. And the people went yeah. nuts when he won the bill. That was a great moment. Like you said, the Rock debuting, uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Bro- Forgotten Jim, because people look back on the WrestleMania match as his first match, and it is. But their first match was equally good, if not better. Um, that whole show was really, really good. And it's interesting, too, that you say that. That was 20 years ago today. And it took place in MSG. And I also know for a fact, on the same exact day, November 17th, another Survivor Series was held in MSG on that same day. Another one of the greatest Survivor Series of all time, in my opinion, uh, Survivor Series 02, which marked the debut of the Elimination Chamber. Michaels won his first World Heavyweight Championship. And Brock Lesnar losing his first match in the company. The big show for the WWE title. They had the Dudley Boys reuniting, which was also another amazing show in MSG. So... November 17th holds a lot of history in that building uh, for Survivor Series alone. But yeah, 96 specifically, definitely one of the greatest installments of all time. Yeah, I think, to, um, real quick, I think 02 might be the best Survivor Series ever. I think from top to bottom, you know, I think it was still the beginning of the whole ruthless aggression era. And you had everybody, mm-hmm. you know, still in their prime. You had Brock in his prime. I think you had Kurt Angle on the card, Jericho, Booker, Kane, Sean, Hunter. Uh, Rob Van Dam, Big Show. Uh, uh, I mean, that card was so stacked. Um, I think the Outlaws were still there, Dudley Boys. So, I mean, we don't have that shit now. But uh, I think for those who haven't seen it, go out and check the O2 Survivor Series. Also check out the 96 Survivor Series with The Rock's debut, Sid defeating Sean for the belt, and the first time Sean, uh, Steve Austin and Bret Hart went one-on-one. Um Graham Matthews, Bleacher Report, host of Russell Rant Radio, Survivor Series this Sunday, NXT Toronto this Saturday. Uh, should be, you know, should be a very good weekend for for wrestling fans out there. Absolutely, like you said, you got Takeover, Survivor Series, and of course the Raw and Smackdowns that follow. It's it's going to be a stacked weekend. I'm looking forward to it. So, uh, looking forward to breaking it all down right back here on the show next week. That's right, NXT Survivor, Raw, Smackdown. 205 live NXT like like man <laughs> I, I, I can't I can't do that I'll I, I be I'll be tired and bored in the middle of Raw I'll be dead yeah it's gonna be a repeat <laughs> of SummerSlam weekend I won't be going to all the shows this year but I'll be watching from home and even that's tiring so we'll see how we do we'll see if we can uh, make it right back here in the show next week if we're not dead already Graham Matthews till next week thank you man I appreciate it thanks Randy I'll catch you on the road all right